Spin artists and wax hustlers. Amp up your air horns. Dish out a dank dollop of double drop. And, excuse me, sir, could you play Unchained Melody? It's our 30th anniversary. It's time to talk tall to me. Wicked, wicked. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Omen Thomas Sade. And I am Nick McGill. We are two turntables and a microphone known as the Feckless Momes. And this, my sweet woofers and tweeters, is Talk Tell to Me. A halftime hamster switch on the sound stack of prog rock in which Needle Drop Nick and On Air Omen will spin, reverse, chop up, and reassemble each and every track that reverberant rock band Jethro Tull have ever dropped into the discotheque of our souls. We will violate the vinyl of Peter John Battesi. We will postulate the pitch range of David Platterpeg. We will bit crush Martin Barr's bombastic beatbox breakdown, and we will crab walk the copyrights of Jerry Conway's clackerettes. And if we can make our mashups hardcore enough, we may see out there in the crowded, writhing mass of undulating bodies that most entrancing of revelers, the breakdancing Blackpoolian, the double-dropped dub-stepping daddy, the four-on-the-floor flautist, the Scotsman who scratches more than just fleas, Ian Applebottom jeans and boots with the fur, Anderson. Are you implying that all Scots have fleas? Some of them probably do. Some of all people have fleas. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. What you scratching? Yeah. Is it fleas? Could that could I could say that to anybody? <laughs> That's true. It is. It is a fairly common phrase. I just forgot. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Holman. Nick, welcome back to the podcast. Another fine day. Another chance to talk about the magic that is Jethro Tull. That is Jethro Tull. Correct. Correct. Before we get in, it's, it's a bit of a monumental day, but before we get into that, there are two tiny little quick YouTube comments that dropped on the episode that dropped today, which was the first of the Broadsword bonus tracks, which was Swirling Pit and Roland's Entry. We had two comments, the first coming from Z-EB, so Zeb. Mm. They uh, commented, just super quick little comment, giving us what talk tall to me would be in Norwegian. Oh, good. Snak tall til meg. Snak til, snak til til meg. S-N-A-K-K-T-U-L-L-T-I-L-M-E-G. Snak tall til meg. Snak tall til meg. Yeah, that sounds right. That's lovely. Yeah. So thank you, Zeb, for that. Greatly appreciated. We love those completely useless tidblits tidblits tidbits they make us giggle and the other one real quick from mirset we have had comments from mirset in the past we've had some comments from mirset yes yes mirset is giving us some info about this album itself in particular, the era and the personnel of the time. The 80s, yes. The 80s. The early recording sessions for Broadsword from March to July 1981, during which Tull recorded more than 15 songs. Wow. Including these two, but also Inverness Sleeper. 
were carried out during a period when the band was without a keyboard player. No PJV yet. So all keyboards and occasional drum programming was covered by Ian at this time. Occasional demons, too. Occasional demons, also. So yeah, awesome. So even more appropriate, then, that Roland's entry should be interesting for the fact that it is an Ian joint rather than a PJV joint. Agreed, yeah, absolutely. And actually, we just had a new one literally just come in from Micah Noel, hot off the press, just wrote in on the same thing about Roland's entry. I think you nailed it on the synth topic. I would add that entry could also be a euphemism for intro Uh and that the track could have been intended as an intro track to lead into Beastie. Many of my favorite metal bands, notably Camelot with a K and Seven Spires, put instrumental symphonic album intros into their own tracks. Oh, sure. So that it may be an option to skip to the first real song on track two. I think this is even the case with Rock Flute. Yeah, kind of those intros. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Yes. Well, that's very fascinating. Thank you, Zeb, Micah Noel, and Mirset. I love that as we were literally on the air, it's like we're the BBC. This just uh, in. This just in. Someone has an opinion about <laughs> Jethro Tull. Breaking news, it's us. Everybody has opinions on Jethro Tull, let's be clear. As mentioned before, as hinted, as secretly touched upon. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, was, I was an altar boy, excuse me. The, we are on the last of the Broadsword bonus tracks oh, that really? we are covering from the, the release that happened just a scant month ago, I think. Wow. We are talking about DJ Dream. My favorite Katy Perry song by Jethro Tull. Yes, we're covering Katy Perry's DJ Dream by Jethro Tull. I'm really excited to have a listen to this. This is, full disclosure, my actual first time listening to it. Oh, you're in for a treat. I really like this one. This is my favorite of the bonuses. Wow, great. Yeah, you're in for a real treat. Let's have a listen. Saw you as a dancer on a crowded stage Of a makeshift disco bar in the old town Well, Omen. What a freaking great song. <laughs> I know, I like that one a lot. That is so cool. What a what an unusual, I mean, every once in a while we come across these songs that are completely in a category of their own from Tall, and here's yet another one. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, it sounds so bizarrely unique. It's like Ian ate too many jalapenos and fell asleep with an ABBA record on. And then woke up and was like, yeah, I have to write this. Right. He automatic writing it, automatic wrote it in his sleep. He woke up with the sheets sopping wet and all of his ink gone. And on the walls, perfectly penned every note of this song. Oh, yeah. In calligraphic style, really. Like he took his time in his sleep to write the song. The hotel was very upset. I mean, as, as far as wrecking hotels go, that, that, can't be the worst thing. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah. mild, right? <laughs> it's, the, it's the Jethro Tull version of Right, exactly. Hotel. He drank an extra bag of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I brewed it for five minutes, oh, even though the package said only brew it for four. 
<laughs> Nick, let's talk about the musicality of this song, the the ear taste of this song, if, if you will. How does this taste to your ears? It's tasty. It's unexpected. I cracked up at that vocal intro of Ian saying, I'm sorry to disturb you. I know you were having a nice little rest in. Yeah. Did, did he say Lee? Sorry, Lee. I'm, I'm sorry to disturb you. I don't know who Lee is. It sounded like Lee. Sorry, Lee. I'm sorry to disturb you. I know you're having a nice rest then, but one, two, one, two, three. Oh, Lee Mantle, assistant engineer. Right there. Zines. Lee is forever trapped in history as the lazy assistant engineer, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Wonderful example of British underhanded snark. Yeah, absolutely. Let me apologize by way of- For you being a lazy bastard, let's go. <laughs> yes, exactly. So once we get into the melody of it, there is a lot going on. All throughout, Martin Barr is serving us absolute filth. It's disgusting. This entire song makes me feel like I really need to check on the status of my hepatitis vaccination. Yes, definitely. Do not drink the water. Do not touch the utensils. So once we get into the melody of this, this is where things start to get really interesting. Mm -hmm. This to me is Tall Does Disco. We've had a couple of instances of Tall Does Pop, Tall Does Mark Knopfler, mm -hmm. kind of essays into various musical forms. This is Disco Tall, and I love it. It's awesome. It's so funky. It's so fun. Yeah. The bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Filthy, dirty bass. Yep. And you can smell the ground. And Peggy, using a pork chop on, on the bass. He's just, like, <laughs> yes. just slapping it, and it's so good through the whole thing. That is the prominent piece in this song for me, is how just like grungy that bass is. And I, I love it. That's my favorite part of it. But the whole thing, really, really great, fun sound. And there's something even in the tune of it that I love, especially toward the end of the verses, hiding who belongs to whom as they touch and turn around. As they touch and turn around. Hiding who belongs to whom as they touch and turn around. That little hook at the end, that reeks of Ava. Mm, okay. In a delightful way. And Abba's whole thing at that time was was disco. Yeah. And the whole piece is set in a disco. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. But that's like, of course it is. Of course it is, Ian. Of course it is. There's also, I referenced in the triptych in the intro, Four on the Floor. It's something we've talked about before where the main beat of the song is going, dum, dum. Yeah. Dum, a heavy beat on every single beat of the 4-4 measure. Mm -hmm. And we have that here. It's a prominent feature of that style of disco music, of dance music. And Ian has it right here. Jerry Conway is giving it to us in a way that's very appropriate to the style of the song. Four on the floor is the 4-4 beat, but it's also on the bass drum, which is on the floor. It's the foot pedal. Yes, exactly. And the floor, I think, meaning that it's not swung in any way. It's not... You don't deviate from that. Yeah. It's reliably boom, dum, dum. Just a dum. flat plane of boom, boom, boom. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's very danceable. And the kind of dancing mm -hmm. that the song is describing benefits from that trance inducing heavy thumping. Mm, sure. Right, right, right. It provides a good backdrop for that. I guess it's a chorus. I'm not sure. 
when he gets into the he hits it once or twice, but there's not really a chorus here, but it's the second sound of the verse. It's the, and the beat's so loud. Bum, 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 march, 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 march. That marching sound to that like kind of proto-chorus. And the beat's so loud. And you can smell the crowd. I love the way that sonically that chorus Yes. Just the way it's sung, the notes chosen, that does something for me in my core. That's why I like this song so much. There's something that clicks for me with that chorus that is just awesome. It's just so cool. Nick discovers dance music. <laughs> I discover tingles and dancing. It was 2023 and Nick said, <laughs> I should like to go to the club. What are my hips doing? <laughs> they are not lying. <laughs> At 2.25, we have the introduction of some claps. Yes, 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 yes. Very fun. We've heard claps in Jethro Tull, but never this type of clap. Yeah, it's usually like a folk clap. This is more of a, a disco clap, I guess, you know, it's just like clapping along. Usually we have the one, two, three, clap, clap. Mm. Kind of as demonstrated by Dua Lipa in... Dance the Night Away in the Barbie film. Naturally. Dance the Night Away. Poke clap. Watch me. Dance, dance the night away. But this we have more, like you're saying, bum, 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 bum. Or maybe it's bum, 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 bum. It was definitely the first one. Okay, yeah. Just, yeah. The, just that first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At 2.40, we have a synth parade style of ABBA. And then at 3.50, I was just listening this morning because this is the most recent episode that dropped. I was listening to the episode about Roland's entry. Mm -hmm. And we were reading the description of the Jupiter 180, whatever it was, that, that Roland synth that had just come out. And one of the features on it was auto arpeggio. Mm -hmm. And guess what is featured in this song? Is that what that is? There is an arpeggio that sounds kind of automated, yeah. especially if it's Ian. I don't think oh, yeah. he's got the, maybe PJV could do that with his actual fingers. But I think Ian was like, this is the perfect time to use this auto arpeggiate button. <laughs> yeah. Before that, at three, about three minutes, we have ourselves a key change, I believe. Yes, 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 yes. He kind of yells no matter and then kicks up the beat with cause the beat's so loud. Cause the beat's so loud. No matter, cause the beat's so loud. Mm, mm, it's great. What a fun freaking song here. Yeah. At the very end. We could have ended at 3.30. We get our, our traditional like tall fade out and then boom, we've got another minute yes. of just synthy disco noodling. It's got a little dark sound to it. I would not blink if I heard it as the backing track of a Lethal Weapon movie. It's got that like kind of 80s synthy, yeah. Great reference, absolutely. And the DJ's lost in his dream.
You know why? Because the party don't stop till Ian say so. And he hasn't said so for the last he hasn't 50 said years. So. We're all like, please, can we stop partying? Man, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> anything else to say about the musicality of this song? I can't think of anything in terms of specificity. I mean, I'll, I'll just continue to gush about how much I like it. Maybe another, another just brief little listen. Yeah, oh, it's so good. So now what I'm realizing is that actually saw you as a dancer on a crowded stage. That actually does not have four on the floor. That has the dum, ba-da, dum, ba-da. And then when it gets to the beat so loud, then we jump to four on the floor. That's the four. Okay, there yeah. There is a little bit of variation on there, which is, yeah. That's oh, wow, it's great. Nick, welcome to the half. Here we are. Here we are in our own private discotheque. Here we are. I have a correspondence. It's been a while since we had an email. I've been kind of sitting on this one. We have this for us. It is incubated and ready to hatch. I, uh... So this is from George K. I feel like George has written to us in the past, but I don't think so. I think that we have fallen into the K hole before. No, we've had a Greg K. Greggy K was the K hole. Okay. This is George. The subject is Jethro Tull in my life parentheticals get comfortable because it's a substantially long email. I, however, will uh, cherry pick pieces. Excerpts from. Excerpts from George K's life in Tull. Hi, Nick and Oman. I only recently discovered your fantastic podcast. I would have loved to have heard the episodes as they came out song by song. I came across it after doing a podcast keyword search using Jethro Tull. I started listening to Vernacular Verbose. They came up first. I don't Great know choice. how, I don't know why ours doesn't. We have significantly more podcasts. You know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. All right. But still, I know. Take your, take your calming breaths. <sighs> and when I... And when I heard the Tull Trivia episode with the four of you and that you do weekly casts featuring one song at a time, mm -hmm. as a musician myself, I had to get on to you guys. I'm so glad I did. You have me in stitches with your humor and often wide-eyed with your tidbits about things I never knew about a band I love so much. My first Tull experience was thanks to my older brother, Michael, classic. who in the late classic, who in the late 19, classic Michael, I mean, I mean right? Right, for real. Right, so real who in the late 1980s started ordering cheap CDs from a magazine catalog. We've talked at yep. length about this, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I would have been 16 at the time. He purchased the MU, the very best of Jethro Tull volume one, the MU standing for Musicians Union. Yes. The first track was Teacher, the US version with flute, and I was instantly hooked. Great bass line on that song. I specifically recall having some crazy and conflicted feelings midway through the song. I was torn between A, not wanting the song to end, seeing I loved it so much, okay. B, wanting it to end so I can repeat it and hear that awesome Cornic bass glossando, yeah. and C, wanting it to end to hear what was next. I went with C. 
The second track was the first movement of Thick as a Brick, which faded out after the lyric, Spin me down the long ages, let them sing the song. And that tall hook just dug deeper into my musical psyche. Needless to say, that CD was put on repeat day in, day out, thereafter. Great. Great stuff. It's 2023, and you did say back in 2019, where I am now up to podcast-wise, oh which is still our first year, that your discographic journey will end in late 2023. Well, news to you, it's at least 24, if not in 225 at this point. <laughs> which is fast approaching, and that is quite a sobering thought. Please find something thereafter to continue with, because I just love the way you guys talk tall to me. Aww. Thanks for your amazing podcasts. George K. Melbourne, Australia. Australia? Another Aussie. Broadcasting to the Antipodes. I'll show you my Antipodes. Antipodes? What about Antipodes? Do you know Antipodes? That means the, the opposite point on the globe from where you're at. You know. I know. I don't need to try to teach you about words. I know words. Thank you, George, for writing in with your tall journey, with your experience of listening to us. It's always just a delight to hear from new listeners, old listeners, any kind of listener. And we will, we have, we are definitely going to overshoot our original end date, maybe significantly. And who knows what will happen after that. But keep on listening, and we're glad to have you. Right. As of right now... The end date to get to the end of Homo Erraticus is 7-22-25. Jeebus creebus. Two more years. Not including this mystery album that Ian comes out with next year and maybe the following. We'll see. Who knows? This is really becoming a Sisyphusian task. It is, but it's kind of worth it. It's like a pleasurable Sisyphusian test. Yeah. Are you saying the word test on purpose? <laughs> are you are you gaslighting me? I don't know. <laughs> Nick, are what you, else do we are have? Are you test lighting me? What else do we have to talk about in this act break here? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. That was it. <laughs> I hate to take you to test on certain things, but. <laughs> I know. Nick, welcome back to the second part of the pod. Here we are. Let's talk lyrics oh i am excited to talk lyrics nick what is a dj a dj is a degenerate that yes that is yeah, also true. usually uh it's a disc jockey one who jockeys discs they ride them down a track they do and they have to be small because uh otherwise they'll weigh them down the history of DJing really goes back to the early 80s maybe a little earlier i haven't done any research except you know for this specific track but the typical idea is, you know, there's the old hip hop song, two turntables and a microphone. And that really speaks to what the essential elements of DJing are, which is you have two turntables, both of which can play a record. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> the, the, the song is by Beck. I would not call it a hip hop song. <laughs> okay. Beck. <laughs> yes, yeah, whoever Beck is. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that? The phrase two turntables and a microphone refers to the setup, which is two turntables, and you can play them either simultaneously. You have a fader, so you can play just one, just the other, or both of them simultaneously. And the microphone is to MC over or to do shout outs or whatever you like. What is 
Oh, master of ceremonies is MC. Yeah. Yeah. And in the, in the hip hop world, it's usually the person who, I guess that has more to do with rapping where you have the person who's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to do it. Cool. All right, let's go. <laughs> and then you have the person who's doing the rapping. Okay. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with that part. So which one's the MC? The yeah, yeah, he's going to do it. That one. Okay. No. Okay. We got so-and-so in the house. Oh, okay. That makes sense as like an the MC. Man. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So the idea is you find on the tr- you find on the vinyl where you want to play something, and you drop the needle there, and then you have your headphones. So you can hear, oh yeah, that's that, and then you can switch that on to play through the speakers, and you can go back and forth. And it's, I mean, that's kind of the basis of it, and it's it's an amazing art form. I was lucky enough to work with a DJ back in Chicago, and have just been always fascinated by the art form. Yeah, I, I believe DJ probably began prior to that, just as like a disc jockey for, for radio, for the radio, right? Yes, yeah, I, I believe so. Literally just like slapping the, the vinyl on there to play the song. Spinning the stacks of wax. But DJing in the form that we know it with scratching and all mm-hmm. those kind of, you know, playing with the fastness and slowness of the albums and then how they're spinning, that originates in the, the cities, uh, New York and Chicago, I believe, in the kind of early 80s and was had to do with the origin of hip hop, but also was separate from distinct from almost as a musical instrument, right? Like a musical performance, not just putting on the record, you know? Yeah. Who am I thinking of? Who's the first? I should have looked this up. Who was the first DJ? It was Adam. He did. He did spin some sick beats. Okay. Grand wizard Theodore was attributed to have invented scratching in uh, 1975. I'm thinking of also, uh, isn't grand wizard, a rank in the Ku Klux Klan? Am I wrong? It can be more than one thing. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Grandmaster Flash was actually from Barbados. Oh, okay. So he was one of the things that he did. It was he would take the drum breaks and elongate them. Mm. So that's where break dancing comes from. So literally, when you hear the like in a Jethro Tull song where it's like, uh, now the verses are done, now we're going to have the break, and you have Martin go squiddly D. Often the drums will pick up at that section. Sometimes it's just the drums. And so he was able to isolate that drum break and extend it. By slowing it down? No, by looping it. Oh, interesting. And that was what allowed the break dancers to have more, ah. more of a segment to be able to break dance. And I think, you know, who knows how all the techniques came about. And then the sampler came out a little bit later mm. and that allowed artists to do a whole new thing. But it's, I mean, it's such an amazing art form. And I think what Ian is referring to with DJ is just the person playing the music in a discotheque. Yeah. It's the song's not really about the act per se. It is about the person. It's about the figure of the DJ, yeah. which in our modern culture and, you know, starting at this point began to take on a mythic presence. Hmm. Because baby tonight, the DJ's got us falling in love again. Last night, a DJ saved my life. Last night, a DJ saved my life. Last night, a DJ saved my life. Hey, Mr. DJ, put a record on. I want to dance with my baby. These are all lyrics from pop music, Nick. Pop means popular, right? It, 
Yeah. Okay, no wonder I haven't heard of it. <laughs> you have to be popular in order to hear it. Oh, that explains it. I've never heard it either. I've read about it. <laughs> <laughs> but the DJ has has a certain power. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever been to the club. You've never come out when I've invited you. <laughs> but a good DJ really has an amazing ability to transform a space from just a group of people dancing into like an event. Mm, mm -hmm. I remember one time I was in Chicago at kind of like a Jamaican underground club that was underneath a Jamaican restaurant. And there were some nice ladies who came down and they hung out for a little bit. And then you could see them all be like, we're tired. We have work in the morning. We have to go home. And the DJ was like, Junk, and spotted them leaving and went, shoo, 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 did some sleight of hand and produced a thick, fat, ropey beat. <sighs> That's way too visceral for my liking. Thank you. And the ladies who had exited the club came back in and they were like, ah, I can't <laughs> leave. And they danced for another 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like, I've never seen somebody, I've never seen something so close to real magic in my life mm -hmm. as a DJ, as a good DJ yeah. operating. It is fascinating and it certainly takes a, a serious skill set. And was he using vinyl? Was he using like CDs? How, what was he? So now the cool thing is that there's a technology, I don't remember, but that won't stop me from talking about it. <laughs> there's a technology now where you can have a turntable, which rather than putting an actual vinyl album on it, mm -hmm. you can link a digital file to the spinning of that turntable. So if you slow it down physically, it will slow the sound down. If you if you move your hand, if you manipulate it physically, it'll go scratch, so you can do right. all the things you would normally do with a vinyl, but you can use a digital source for it. Right. Does scratching ruin the vinyl after a while? I mean, it must, right? Probably. Then again, probably just listening to vinyl ruins the vinyl. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But not scratching ruins the vibe. Mm, there it is. That's a t-shirt right there. So what's this song about, Omen? Uh, the DJ, obviously. This song is not even about the DJ. This has been a complete red herring, this whole oh, conversation. The dream, the dream of the DJ? This is, I believe, about two individuals caught in the DJ's dream. Saw you as a dancer on a crowded stage of a makeshift disco bar in the old town. Saw you as a dancer on a crowded stage Of a makeshift disco bar in the old town Okay, we have the setting. Very good. Mm -hmm. We have the subject. And with standard practice, those quick lights glow and fade, hiding who belongs to whom as they touch and turn around. And with standard practice, those quick lights glow and fade, hiding who belongs to whom as they touch and turn around. The art of the DJ, perhaps. Maybe they're also doing the lights. And it's panning from just the crowded stage to the people themselves, yes. kind of focusing down some more. Proper usage of whom there? Yes. Well done. Well done, Ian. Yep. Yep. Proper usage of a disco beat and proper usage of whom? Both present and accounted for. Two points. So this is about the singer seeing someone who is dancing alone, who he observes or believes is trying to hide the fact that they're dancing alone, which is kind of an interesting. Mm -hmm interesting thing and there's a, a pull an attraction a desire it's like it's like the opposite of the ed sheeran song 
where she's like, boy, don't you talk too much. Come over here and put your body on me. Say, boy, let's not talk too much. Grab on my waist and put that body on me. She's like, don't talk to me. Stay over there. <laughs> is it don't talk to me or is it I'm just so shy that I'm going to stand here and dance until something happens? Well, who knows? It's all interpretation. Yeah. yeah. There are plenty of songs about she just wants to dance. Yeah. Don't bother her. She just wants to dance at the disco club by herself. Even, you know, apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Or she moved her body like a cyclone. Those are songs about, you know, ladies who like to dance by themselves. And I think that now, you know, we're, we're more accepting of the idea of, oh, I've come to this place just to dance by myself. I think maybe in the early 80s, there's a little bit of a conflict here between perhaps the new culture that was arriving out of the discotheques and Ian's more traditional perspective of, oh, you come to the club to dance with someone, mm -hmm. even though he's clearly come alone. Yeah, right. The you. Yes. The second person in this song feels very like timid, mousy, like they came alone because they want to dance, but they don't have anybody. And it's not a matter of I want to be independent. And they're hiding it. Yeah. And no one saw you come here. You were so discreet. Crept in well after the music began to play. And no one saw you come here. You were so discreet. kind of snuck in under the guise of the rocking music and closely resembling someone you'd really like to be. I love that line. That's so cool. And closely resembling someone you'd really like to be. You know, it's the chameleon. You fit in with the crowd and you kind of look like you belong, but you don't know anybody there. But when the slow song's called and the couples join, you have to slip away. When the slow song's called and the couples join, you You'd rather live the lie pretending you're waiting to use the phone. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, no, but before that, before you'd rather live the lie, I send the waiter to fetch another chair. So I send the waiter to fetch another chair. Oh, you'd rather live the lie pretend you're waiting to use the phone. Right, 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 right. And then you'd rather live the lie feels to me like like she declines the chair there. She's like, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and this is definitely within the tradition of Ian Anderson, songs penned by Ian Anderson of the one that got away. A little self-deprecatory, sure. It's a little, she said she was a dancer. Mm -hmm. It's a little white innocence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Take your pick. I, I'll have a little of both, please. Not oh. too much. I don't want to fill up. <laughs> she said she was an innocence. <laughs> she said she was white. Ooh. Um, <laughs> after pretending to use the phone, he says, oh, well, I'll sit here drinking and you can dance alone. And the DJ's lost in his dream. Oh, well, I'll sit here drinking and you can dance alone. And the DJ's lost in his dream. That's the second time we've heard that, and we'll hear it two more times. What does that mean? He's, what's the importance of the DJ's focus here? Well, I think that 
Like everything with Ian's writing, it's probably multi-layered. Oh, sure. What I take from it is there is an accurate description of the trance-like state that sometimes this type of music produces, whether mm -hmm. it's in the person actually mixing it or the people dancing to it. Mm -hmm. There's this like, I'm just lost in the beat, I'm lost in the music. Right. And he and the, the other person are similarly lost in the DJ's dream, or, or rather, the DJ's lost in his dream and so doesn't know how to bring them together. The DJ is calling the shots. That's see, I that's what I was thinking. I, I think I've got two interpretations there. Either that, that like he's not doing his job, you know, because like he's supposed to be like doing this and manipulating the crowd and he's clearly got some stragglers that aren't working. But I also it also feels like it's a bit of of a juxtaposition. The the DJ's lost in his dream. The dance floor is is a part of that dream. But these two people are aware. They're not yes. a part of that dream. And that's a very typical Ian positioning himself in relationship to society. Mm -hmm. on, the, on the outskirts. On the outskirts, not quite mm -hmm. fitting in. Being able to accurately observe what's going on. Mm -hmm. Whereas nobody on the dance floor could observe what's going on. No, they don't care. They don't want to. They're lost in the sauce. Right. They came there to be lost in the sauce. Right. Ian came because he was like, what's this sauce I've heard so much about? <laughs> Oh, no, I'll abstain from the sauce this time. Thank One you. One sauce, if you please. <laughs> Is it communal sauce? Mm. Oh, mm, mm. I'd like my own private sauce. <laughs> Take me to the private sauce room. No, oh. You have to pay extra for that. And the DJ's high, high is the sky that flies. Maybe drugs and or physical position above the crowd. Or high on the trance-like state that this music produces. Correct. Fair enough. Yeah. Or all three. And I see you glance my way from the corner of your eye. She's shooting him potential uh, perif. No matter, because the beat's so loud and you can smell the crowd. And I see you glance my way. Yeah, I love the description. How how visceral. We've got all of the senses now. And the gloom is certain, yes, and the night is proud as they warm the floor, shaking to the bone, and you bob and weave, hoping no one sees you dance alone. And the DJ's lost <sighs> in his dream. And the gloom is certain, yes, and the night is proud. As they warm the floor, There's no happy ending here. They don't hook up. There's no fairy tale or physical happy ending here. It's just, it's one of those observations. Yeah, I saw you there. I wanted to Ooh, I want to dance with somebody. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah. I want to feel the heat with somebody. It's not just an observation song. We've had plenty of those. Right. It's an observation song plus 
the frustration at not being able to join in with the fun. Just the slightest hint of that, just a suggestion of that. I'm not going to dance, but I also realize that I'm alone. Hey, pretty girl, you're also alone. Why don't you come over here? No, thanks. I'd rather go back out and be alone on the dance floor. Yeah. And maybe all he had to do in this situation was go get his stanky leg on and go cut a rug. <laughs> any, any other, <laughs> any other words in there you want to, you want to throw? <laughs> he could have, he could have given us his best Travolta. You know, he could have, he could have bobbed and weaved himself. Sure. It's almost like the ill-fated lovers. She's not willing to compromise by coming and sitting. Mm-hmm. And he's not willing to compromise by going and shaking what his mama gave him. Right. And so they're destined to never meet, but they observe each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily seem like, oh, I missed my love. Oh, oh, I'm sad. It's, it's really just like a moment in passing almost. Which is a perfect description of the sort of thing that happens at these communal dancing events. <laughs> Would you like to attend a communal dancing event with me, darling? Is yes. it the <laughs> I actually really appreciate this sort of environment, although I am spectacularly ill-suited for it. Were you talking about a, a communal dancing environment? A discotheque, yeah, okay. a, a, a club. Okay. If it's the right situation, I will shake my ass with the best of them. And the worst of them. And the worst of them. And I'll have a great time doing it. But mm. uh, usually I usually I have to have, you know, an amount of tequila which doesn't agree with me in, in the later hours. But I but yeah. you know, in that moment when everybody's lost in the beat, oh my gosh, it's so fun. It's so fun. You feel like you're connected to the whole group. You feel like like the work of the DJ is flowing through you. Fun fact, back in Chicago, back in 2009, 2010 maybe. I did a physical theater production, which was based on the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. Mm -hmm. And it was all set in a club. Oh, cool. And there was a real live DJ who orchestrated the entire thing, who literally mixed the entire thing live every night. Wow. His role was as the Greek fates. Mm. Because in my head, I was like, okay, the Greek fates measure, spin, and cut the lives of mortals and so the DJ measures, spins, and cuts the tracks, which influence the actions of the mortals. Orpheus was a rapper, and Eurydice was kind of this girl, the, go- the girl who kind of wanders in and wants to dance by mm. herself and then gets caught up with this whole thing. It was really, really fun. I'd love to do it again someday. But that was it was so cool to work with the DJ, and, uh, and we really delved into what is the relationship of modern society to the DJ? What does this space mean to everybody? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Very cool. Super fun. Yeah. I recently heard of a club in, I think it's in Glasgow. 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 Let's Glasgow to there. Where, so there's this reference to as they warm the floor shaking to the bone, the heat produced in a discotheque by dancers is so significant that there is one club in Glasgow which is apparently harnessing that heat. They are extracting the heat from the club and piping it into other buildings to heat them in the winter. Wow. Which I think is disgusting. I think you, you turned on your radiator and you were like, that's dancing heat. <laughs> I don't want it. The dad from from Footloose, the pastor in Footloose. <laughs> no heat of mine. I will freeze to death before I shall be warmed with dancing. <laughs> I'd rather freeze than, than be warmed by sin. 
<laughs> That's Satan's energy. Uh, anyway, so just love that he picked up on this. I just think this is such a fun, cool song. I would love... Clearly, the recording of it is very much like that test track. It has all the hallmarks of a scratch track. You know, like we're, we're trying it out. But man, I would love to hear this fully produced by anybody. I don't think it's that far off. I think it's pretty gosh darn clean. It is. It is. You mentioned the warm the floor. That reminds me a bit of the tale that you've told several times about the threshing. Yeah. Threshing. Well, and as we move, as we have moved in the last hundred years away from a predominantly agrarian society, spaces where you can actually engage with a real communal activity uh, have shifted yeah. from the fields into the clubs. And I, I genuinely, even though it's kind of not my scene, I think that dance clubs play an extremely important role in society. And I wish that there were more ways to participate in them. Like I wish that they weren't so alcohol focused. Mm, I wish you could just yeah. do drugs. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think club culture is more of a European thing than it is here, right? Than the States. I don't know about that. No, I think it takes a different form here. Oh, okay. There are clubs here in the States. I mean, I, I know there are clubs here in the States. You should go to one. No. We should go to one together, Nick. Where is the closest club to me? Um, Florida? <laughs> access clubsearch.com. Locate Nick McGill. <laughs> I think probably in Syracuse. Oh, God. I don't want to go to a club in Syracuse. Well, you know, you have to make compromises. Also, also <laughs> I don't like loud noise, Omen. You can wear earplugs. I want to wear the really big the the big like mow the lawn earmuffs you can wear those a club is a place to not and nothing be else yes exactly <laughs> the thing that i don't like about a lot of clubs is that they're very they're very machismo they're very like straight people you know and and that's why i love dancing at gay clubs yeah because it's a little freer it's a little bit more like just be yourself oh you're a weirdo great everybody here is a weirdo yeah it's the movement it's the communal movement yeah that's important i don't like to move, I think is the... If you want to go to a club, you have to be prepared to compromise all of your morals, aesthetic values, spend a ton of money, and have a terrible time. And if you can accept all of that, you'll, you'll have fun. I'll work on it with my therapist. Okay. <laughs> Omen, final thoughts about this slew of bonus tracks. Was it worth the wait? You know, yes, it was worth the wait. It always is. This to me is like the discovery of some of like the Dead Sea Scrolls where it's like, oh yeah, we have a real good handle on the writings of this particular period. We have it down. We have it. We have the canon. And then somebody discovers something and you're like, we now realize how little we know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to become experts on what little we know until we find another scroll and realize, wow, it's a drop in the bucket. But just the sheer dedication to experimentation, the dedication to trying out different forms of technology, different musical styles, different 
writing rhythms and patterns is mm-hmm. just so cool. And I really have liked all of these new tracks that we've listened to, maybe except for The Swirling Pit. There was nothing terribly groundbreaking with The Swirling Pit is all. You know, it's fun. It's great. It's good Mando. But but no, this has been fantastic. And the fact that some of these tracks the band didn't even remember making. I know, I know. I wonder what else has been, you know, lost to the annals of history. Yeah, I wonder, like, where do they, I, I chose to ignore that. Thank I you. chose to. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, like, is there just a shelf? Like a physical, I mean, there's got to be physical tape, right? For the, like, do the, it's just a shelf in the back of Warner's music that's just like Jethro Tull in a couple of boxes, you know? That's all the the old original demos and, and. Who knows? Probably some of it Ian has, probably some of it belongs to the studios, probably some of it has literally been mistaken for trash and thrown out. Yeah. Who knows? I'm going to reach out to the studios and see if I can just take a tour of their closets. Tape scraps. Tape scraps. <laughs> I'm going to paste them all together and make just an awful amalgam song. Yeah. Nick, what are we listening to next week? I genuinely don't know. The anticipation has been building. Oh, God. And building. And building. Get your sweet release next week. We are finally breaking into, we're finally landing on Rock Island and we are opening with ah smooching william yes 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 rock island kissing willie finally back to our regularly scheduled programming after a brief detour of 6 months yeah quite brief indeed we're back in the original time stream we're we're ready to go we'll get through a couple of albums before the next one drops, the next new one drops. So we, we'll probably get through Rock Island, Catfish. Oh, God. We're getting so close to my to one of my real all-time favorites, Catfish. Yeah, that is the second week of January. We'll, we will be starting that. Reasons to stay alive. Reasons for waiting and living. Until next week, you can really smell the crowd in our Discord chat, accessible to our Patreon members at the $5 level a month or the $15 level a month. That as well. You also get, you can also see the smell of the crowd with that $15 because you get access to the videos of these very podcasts. That's right. If you want to make it look like you are not alone, you could wear one of our branded Talk Tall to Me merch t-shirts. That's right. And when you walk into the club wearing that, people will say to themselves, there's no way they came here alone. (laughs) Oh, wait, is that about Jethro Tull? Yes, they are definitely here alone. (laughs) Until next week, I will sit here drinking and you can dance alone. I am Nick McGill. I am the whom to who belongs as they touch and turn around me. Omen Thomas, Omen Thomas said. <laughs> What's that? I'm sorry. The beat's so loud. Oh, yeah, that's right. This this is Talklet. Talk tall to me. It's Talklet tall to me. Talk and to we it. are warming the floor. The Fagless Moves.
hey, welcome. Uh, I, I haven't seen you in the club in a while. It's uh, You're finally back. Yeah, it's great to see you. I was just here yesterday. We hung out. It was so nice to see you again yesterday. This music is really awesome. I love this DJ. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he does have a degree, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want another drink? I'm about to head over there. Yeah, the sink is clogged in the bathroom. You should tell somebody about it. I'm going to get some fries, and then I'm going to go back to the dance floor. Do you want to come? No, I, I didn't hear that anybody died last week. Was that, was that on the news? I didn't hear anything about that. Yeah, his body's all over the floor. It's so much fun. Did you see that thick little mama twerking out there? No, no, I don't have to go back to work until tomorrow. Oh, you should probably put in a request to the DJ. Yeah, absolutely. The fest is so fun because it's a music fest. It's great to be here. Do you want to hit this blunt? These music fests are fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm going to go ask the DJ if he can play a podcast. What do you think he'll say to that? Yeah, this mod really is blasted. I love it. Let's do it. Let's wind our way through. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to rub up Excuse against me. you. Sorry. Excuse me. Oh. oh, wow. Was that a oh. leg or what? No. Grinding. I'm sweating all over everyone. Yeah. I don't even know who I am anymore. Sharing my DNA. I think I left my shirt in Sheboygan. <laughs> We're finally at the DJ booth. You ready? Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse, Excuse me, me, sir. Excuse, Excuse me. Excuse me. Here's 30 euros. Could you play a podcast for us? He said he nodded his head. I think he's lost in the sauce. Uh, we want you to play Talk Tall to me. Yeah. It's a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. <laughs> 